Transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. I hit the record button. <laughs> I, do, I don't know if you like how, how I got I got to say hot dogs. Yes, it's another episode of Local Yokels, episode ten. Uh, make sure I'm just gonna get it out of the way. Sorry, Dusty. Uh, if you didn't read the the title, we got we got we got Dusty Gill back in back behind the mic. Uh, what was I gonna say? My train of thought's so wild today because I've been reading library library information all day. Oh yeah, okay. So make sure you get online and uh, hop on the Instagram and follow us at Old Heart Radio and follow us on Twitter at Old Heart and Space. Subscribe to the YouTube at Old Heart Radio and make sure you just listen to the podcast in general. Thank you, hot dogs. This has been your PSA. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to real life, dear Dusty Gill. How, yeah, like it's been it's been uh what about a week or so give or give or take hot minute but you know a lot of a lot of life to be lived in between uh so yeah. you, you definitely caught that that most recent episode of wandavision i'm, I'm taking it yeah it was the the first thing i did friday when i when i clocked off <laughs> i like i started making some dinner and threw it on and Hell yeah! I was just like, yes, dude. It was good. It's uh, it's it's juicy, man. That show just keeps fucking building. I'm so I'm so twists and turns. Yeah, and it just makes me more excited for uh, the other things like Falcon and Winter Soldier. They and they just you know Loki. Uh, Loki, yeah, out. June 11th. Yeah, dude. Like that. Saw that today. That's gonna be a fantastic. Like that series looks dope. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stoked that Disney plus is finally paying off. <laughs> yeah, I guess the Mandalorian was, uh, was worth it for sure. But yeah, everything nice. in between. <laughs> it's nice to have something continuously because you had that remember last year after Mandalorian ended, I just didn't log back into Disney plus. <laughs> I mean, I had a free year of it from like Verizon or something like that. Yeah. And then when that ended, uh, I was just like, all right, well, I'm, I don't ever go on here. So I didn't subscribe again until Mandalorian restarted. And yeah. now now that we're going to have, you know, consecutive shows just it's, through the year. It seems like they finally hit that point where they can start just like rolling out stuff back to back. So that way it gives it, yeah, you get, you finish something, you get something fresh. And I, I think that's a pretty good cycle, especially because yeah. later in the year, we're going to get some fresh Star Wars action, you know, stuff like yeah. So it's like yeah. Marvel, Star Wars, Mar I wonder how. Yeah, I think they're going to give us a, a brief break from Marvel after probably Loki, because yeah. I saw today, I don't know if you saw the title of spider-man movie or not oh yeah 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 because uh, they're kind of no messing with home, people right? yeah they're kind of <laughs> fucking with people yesterday 
with different titles and stuff. Yeah, I saw and, that on Twitter. Like, yeah, they teased it and finally, allegedly dropped it. And so, it, and it, then at the end, it said uh, December this year. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll get that little like end end cap. Uh, yeah, I think we'll get some Star Wars at the end of the year, leading up to that. Probably enough. the you know the Book of Boba or whatever. Yeah. Book of Boba, dude. Yeah, but yeah, Wonder Vision. Yeah. yeah, I was. I mean, I think everybody saw what was was gonna happen there. Wonder Vision, as far as Agatha oh, yeah. goes. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. But I think what's it? Marvel does it. Marvel does this like really interesting thing where they tease their fan, like their fans, with potential things. Like you were just talking about with the Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, title. But every now and then they give they give you like something solid, something that you can guess right away. And like that was I think this Agatha moment. And it makes you as a fan think like, okay, the speculation's worth it because some of it's paying yeah. off. <laughs> I mean, if you really think it was very obvious looking at her name, it's it Agnes, really yeah. Agatha Harkness. <laughs> and I think that's where people drew that between that and the whole June second thing of her, her, you know, her wedding anniversary being the Salem witch trials. Yeah, it was just—I mean, it was obvious, but it—it's just like, well, what you know, it's crazy that she was herself inside of there the whole time; she wasn't controlled or anything. Yeah, and so I mean, it just makes you wonder, like, to what extent she is controlling Wanda's yeah. actions or helping Wanda's at, uh, to like you know like kind of enabling wanda's actions yeah because you notice how like the aspect ratio always changes when they go outside the hex yeah yeah it's really so, that's one of the little things i love about the show like how they do the that like kind of more of a cinematic but going back it is interesting when they went down into the basement it cut back into that aspect ratio so i'm like wait is the basement somehow not in the hex like it has its own bubble or something like that yeah it's, it's untouched like a little untouched zone yeah, uh, I saw some speculation that uh, the book that that she that Ag- Agatha has was is like it looks like one like the books that um, Wong shows Doctor Strange in the first Doctor Strange movie. Oh yeah, uh, these like like the the books that only masters can check out and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and I wonder I wonder if that's like a purposeful she stole it or something. Yeah, like maybe she like maybe she stole it because I mean in the Doctor Strange movie, if I, I which I literally just rewatched, uh, like they fuck up like most of the um, sanctums. So like there could be, mm. you know, maybe some magical person gets in there and snags some so, items, you know? Yeah, some sort of. I mean, they're tying. <laughs> Probably the Titans. Titans gotta be in there. I mean. Well, and I really think that Benedict Cumberbatch, I mean, that's the rumor, right? Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be like making a, a potential appearance in the yeah. show. So uh, maybe cause he's coming back to claim his book or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's got to go back through the multiverses, get these books back and get stuff back in order. That'd be fun. I mean, because he's, you know, holder of time. So yeah, dude, the keeper. Yeah. yeah. It's, anyway, it's I just love it. It's, it keeps building on itself, and it's just every week is it's like it's the highlight of Friday right now. It's like yeah, hopping on that WandaVision. <laughs> it's I think it's funny how it's very deceiving though when you look at that runtime. 
Mm. You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get 37 minutes this week. Seven minutes is the freaking credits. Yeah, it's wild, man. And there's all that like online speculation. I bought into it too. Like that, that was like, it was like, oh, the last episode, they're all going to be an hour long. And then you, like, yeah. Yeah, I like went to go like, start the episode. I was like, what is this? Damn it. <laughs> well, allegedly it is 47 minutes this week from what I saw. Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, also, I mean, what was cool is that they finally did like a the like post credit scene or like, yeah. credit scene. I mean, I was wondering about that, but it made you just wonder, like, is that like if that, you know, uh, Quicksilver is like somehow working with Agnes or some, or Agatha? Yeah. Or, Did he come, you know? come from a different multiverse? Or, you know. Yeah. Which you know could very well be. Uh, I mean, that'd be an interesting way of like tying in. Yeah. Like, just the X that Fox X Men universe. But, yeah, and, yeah, it'll be interesting. To say I have two episodes left, so yeah, we'll see. Finally, we'll see. We'll see. I, I also, I just really loved the way it, this episode was shot, like the style that they that they were following. Just like I kind of got sucked into it, though. Like it was weird like, <laughs> watching it. I was like, I felt like I was watching one of those one of those like kind of sitcom or yeah, know, those types of shows. It's modern Family, and uh... yeah, so it made me take like the plot of WandaVision like less seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Like she's just de- she's just depressed. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's just typical depression shit. <laughs> just, you know, warping reality on accident and shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. I was just like, and that was the first time it happened. I think for the other ones, I was able to easily break out of that because I'm I'm like I don't yeah. always watch shows in those styles anymore, mm-hmm. and so I was able to more like focus on the Wandavision aspect rather than like the stylized shit like aspect of it so yeah. it was it was just interesting i thought it was so well done that like in that way i was just like oh shit man i'm sucked in <laughs> yeah no it's it's i'm happily surprised that like the production value and the budget they put into these shows and i think mandalorian kind of broke the mold and in that way and especially the uh, whole like instead of doing using green screens they're using some sort of new Sony, like giant video screen yeah, things yeah. I, that I, look I, real. I was reading about it one day and it's like, I can't remember the exact name of the tech, but yeah, it's like they basically, you, you're able to build like, like a part, like a stage that has like, yeah, the screens that just give so much depth yeah to like the the what you're trying to project on them rather than like the you know as opposed to green screens which just have very flat yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's just wild and then you're able to build like physical set like sets kind of around that better yeah and stuff and i i think the kathleen kennedy the the head of lucasfilm she was the same basically like the way she described it was sort of like the actors instead of of being able to they, instead of just acting at something like they're able to act yeah. like, physically interact with something and this they way. can see it there yeah and so in that way it just enhances their performance all the better too so yeah. you know it really fucking works but the thing is it's a disney owned like it's a proprietary thing that disney owns so oh, the really ones that use that technology <laughs> nobody else is able to like get on that level unless unless you know they get yeah. some of that money to disney yeah license it out yeah. I can see that but. which which is interesting to me i was like that gives them a hell of a leg up <laughs> in terms of entertainment yeah well i mean lucas arts 
and always kind of been on the cutting edge of stuff like that you know yeah. industrial lights and magic and stuff so hell yeah man long history like rich history of being being kind of at the forefront of some of that yeah innovative technology it's it's cool man that they're still pushing it and i think i think with that like you'll only find you know just better entertain better series and better like Mm -hmm. entertainment coming out the more they decide to use that technology yeah like you said like mandalorian once that hit and became successful and it worked and it it was like it opened the floodgate there so looks like they're actually on tatooine (laughs) i know man and it's so cool like I don't know. I just, uh, I get so, I turn into such a fanboy watching the Mandalorian and I know that's like, that's like so classic right now, but like when Luke Skywalker appeared, I was just like, holy shit, man. Like watching (laughs) Luke Skywalker in action. I was just like blown away because as a kid, that's all you ever wanted, man. Like you knew Luke was a badass at the end of Return of the Jedi, but you, you saw him do that like cheesy fight with Vader. And then, you know, you're like, God damn it. Like what else can he do? Yeah. (laughs) You want to see his powers and stuff. So Hell yeah, man. Well, I want to see the, the raw power. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting because it's like, as these all become like huge franchises, like there's like this like pull where you're just like, God damn, like the franchise is such a, I don't know. It's changing so much about entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's like bringing these like things that like, I, I don't know, as a, as like a nerd turned adult nerd, it's like all these things you loved as a kid are just like coming to life finally. And so you're just like, fuck yes. Like yeah. I'm into it. Especially if you really follow the canon and stuff like that, you know, you understanding more what the Mandalorian is. Cause what, what was Boba Fett on screen for maybe all of seven, eight minutes between all the movies? Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's it it's like it, that, that's why like the introduction of his character was so fucking awesome was because again like kind of like Luke's that Luke Skywalker moment it's like you only have like I don't know it's like things in like some some novels and like you know just yeah. factoids that have popped up in the for the Star Wars universe about like Boba Fett and his like capability so yeah I don't know it's just it, it's just fucking awesome that that they're finally playing on all that shit and they're finally able to expand it because the yeah. because the want is there. How, how did you feel about the the uh, the most recent Skywalker trilogy? Uh, you know, like the I liked Force it. Awakens. Uh, I like. I mean, I, I wasn't one of those people that hated the Last Jedi. I thought it was interesting. It was a it's a wild movie. I, I'm I like I'm I go back and forth on it all the time. Yeah. Like, because like parts of it are like just feel unexplained uh, yeah <laughs> and like but there's some really uh like awesome moments in that, in that movie mm-hmm. as well and so it's just sort of like it just, it's a head scratcher for me <laughs> yeah i think what really sucks was them changing directors mm-hmm. from each you know it's like you should have that continuity Absolutely. you know the same vision across all three rather than one vision for one and three and then a completely different vision with the second one yeah and that that i think like it, it, that's why like who was it ryan johnson right yeah uh i i don't want to like i can't say he you know he's like a bad director or anything like that i think he just like was given a property that 
and he brought his own directorial angle like style to it and angle mm-hmm. to it, the, the the storytelling and it it following like jj abrams it, it was just completely different <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what i mean and like and that's the problem with like directors that stand out really well like i guess in a way where it's like i'm not i guess it's not a problem it's just we have like a direct like somebody like jj abrams who has a particular style mm-hmm. like it's noticeable yeah. when that's not there like in even, yeah and even when you're trying to hold like a continuity you know and that's yeah, that's the your point i think is and i like i think that's exactly what the problem was with those movies you know mm-hmm. uh, although yeah. the last the no not the last day the the rise of skywalker like mm-hmm. that felt like oh again it was like really cool it had some really amazing moments like 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 the fucking like her like force pulling that ship yeah under the ground like and then you see the lightning you know they're like oh yeah like that shit was incredible in terms of like star wars like (laughs) fan service yeah it was like what the hell man but like it felt a little bit like uh like spider-man like sam raimi's spider-man 3 where it was just like there's so much jam like so many elements jammed into it that you're just like I don't have time to process what like the connection between all of it. <laughs> he probably jammed two movies in one. He was like, well, I didn't get my Last Jedi, you know, so I got to jam this stuff into the third one. Yeah, I mean, maybe because like, I mean it it moved fast and everything, but it did, it did. I, I like the pace of that movie is definitely not an issue. Like, I love how that movie starts off with with Kylo going to fucking Mustafar, and, mm. you know, to obtain that like whatever sith artifact or whatever it's such a cool way to start that movie i thought yeah uh but yeah yeah it, i don't know like I'm, I'm just interested to see with star wars like how much they're gonna play off of like just the, shows the, yeah well like the, the shows they're definitely i think they're they're finding like the success and the way they like the path forward but it's, it's the movies now that i think they're like really starting to have to figure out because yeah I think people don't want to keep seeing like the rehashing of like the Skywalker movies, like or the Skywalker characters necessarily. Yeah, I think that people are kind of. I mean, like there was Mandalorian was refreshing because it wasn't all Jedi, mm-hmm. which I like the Jedi and all, but it's like, but there's so much more out there, and you like this serialized spaghetti western of the Mandalorian, you know? Oh yeah, man. Well, it remind yeah, it just like yeah i'm with you like it, there's just so much more to explore and i'm glad that they're finally doing that you know yeah uh, because again like i just don't think i don't know I, I just i mean i think that's why they're going with a rogue squadron movie you know it's, mm-hmm. it's something away yeah. from the the force aspect of like the star wars universe yeah i think too is like maybe they saw how successful rogue one was and how a lot of people think that's one of their favorite star wars movies and like really didn't have anything to do with jedi and all that stuff you know no it's dude but it's a cool f- heist movie you know it's a fantastic movie like and i think that that is exactly it like if they it was like they went for this like different style this different element and like it paid off and yeah so you know i'm I, i'm just it's kind of cool that like to know that they're like actually paying attention to those successes in, in that way so yeah yeah definitely it's it's nice <laughs> hell yeah man 
what else uh what else you got what are you consuming this week like i did watch on uh netflix there's a new movie that came out on friday it's called like care a lot oh i've been wanting to watch it how is <laughs> it's it very good i was like like Dinklage, i like dude yeah dinklage or rosamund pike's really good yo like uh, the only thing i think i've ever seen her in besides that was gone girl yeah she's so good in gone girl though dude like, yeah. like it gives it gives like just chill chilly vibes man like i like her character is so so good she's a badass in this yeah. too and like she's oh, a cool hell yeah she's yeah i got kind of gone girl vibes for sure but it's she's more of a con man than anything <laughs> which is it, and it's a concept that i had never really thought of but it's a very real thing that's going on in this world yeah. Dope, so, dude. I, uh, I highly recommend it's good you know it's about two hours so it's nice you know something to watch at night hell yeah so, oh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely check it out we'll have to i'll have to tell you what i think about it next next time we talk because like yeah i saw it pop up and i was like ooh, what's that <laughs> yeah you're like okay it's kind of refreshing that i mean i don't know if i would see that in theaters but fair enough it was really good you know yeah fair enough uh that's how i felt i just recently watched uh this other movie that popped up on netflix called uh the dig it's like keep me to watch that too it's pretty cool it's it's definitely you know it's definitely like a slower paced movie uh but ralph yeah that's what i'm saying yeah voldemort uh helps (laughs) dig (laughs) dig up some uh some this archaeological site uh, but it, it, I don't know. In terms of like a like a kind of period piece, it, it was really interesting. And and uh, it it sort of one of the elements it sort of focuses on is the fact that Ralph finds his character who. who uh, this is all pulled from historical fact, but he basically yeah. is you know he the excavator of this dig, and. Uh, he eventually gets like no credit for for the find because he's not a formal archaeologist and so like so the museum sends these archaeologists who refuse to do the dig in the first place and yeah uh they take all the credit for him. Yeah, they take the all work. the credit because they just like look down on him for like basically just being like the the person that that digs, and it's just like it's just as interesting. You, I don't know. I never really thought about that hierarchy uh, going into it, but then you, you watch the movie and you're just like, damn, dude, that dude should have gotten all the fucking credit. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it like a prequel to Holes? Is it yeah, the yeah. whole cinematic universe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the merging of that. That's one of the things I, I've long wanted to do. If I ever have like just infinite amounts of time, I wanted. To, I would love to just write obnoxious fan fiction where it's like that. Like you're like Stanley Yelnats. <laughs> somehow you tie Stanley and Yelnats to like the lineage of the the of Ralph Fiennes' character in the <laughs> dick. Yeah, he's like some sort of long lost uncle or something, you know. You know, somebody out there's asking for for some holes fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's erotic fan fiction out there for holes. There's got to be some, get some sploosh up in here. Some juicy, juicy erotica. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the, that that was always like yeah, like what was that the like sploosh was just like sploosh. just like. Just like, like Old, onions warm like oh, yeah. oh yeah peaches, peaches. or whatever right? yeah and then they mix peaches and onions to yeah, cover yeah. up the smell of smelly shoes or something <laughs> it's 
it's been years and years and years since I feel like since I've read that book. But oh my god, I remember how like how big of a deal it was when that like that was like that was like the hot book that year. Oh yeah, at, at the book fair, you know. Oh, <laughs> do you, do you yeah. remember Scholastic book fairs? Yeah, those were awesome. I could those never like buy anything too. there because it was Same. so expensive and. <laughs> But it was know. awesome, like going there and you see displays and maybe the new Harry Potter book was there or something like that. Exactly. Just like, it, I mean, I just remember everything just popped, dude. It was like always like so bright and everything oh, yeah. captured your attention. It was like, you go up to it and sometimes it'd be a dud. You'd be like, this book ain't, ain't, ain't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that cover, man, they got you with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, they, they took our crappy little elementary school library and turned it into like a freaking toy store. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I. It's weird, dude. Like, it's like studying librarianship. Like, it is strange. Like, that's, that's like one of the things we've been talking about is like how to orchestrate like like displays like in the library to like appeal to you know student patrons and stuff and <laughs> and i just keep thinking i have just just flashes of scholastic magazines and book fairs and i keep yeah. thinking about the, the kenroy library yeah like, oh like, for sure that's all i can think of when i think of a book fair yeah dude like and the, but i just think about that space and how like you were just saying dude like how small it was and kind of plain it was but like yeah they did some shit with that space that made <laughs> as a kid made me think it was like a completely different zone like yeah shout out miss randall there you go dude <laughs> well deserved shout outs dude <laughs> uh yeah man that was that, that's it's interesting that was the like yeah i, I don't know i, I remember the book was, order the book order forms you too you get in your little cubby those were sweet too yeah uh, I never, but like you said, dude, I, I'm the same way. I never got shit from the book fair. My parents, <laughs> my parents, maybe like, maybe once, once, every, like every now and then, would give me like, would like order something off one of those little magazines. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, I was, other than that, it was like just check it out from the library if they got it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, those were the days. Yeah. I, but yeah. I don't know, man. Interesting. Uh, oh yeah. So right before, right before we started recording, and I made you, I made you save your thoughts on this. I wanted to talk a bit about it. Uh, yeah. Listen to that Manchester Orchestra album you met, you mentioned last week, uh, and of course, at this exact moment, I'm blanking on the exact name of it. Uh, it's a black mile to the surface. <laughs> That's it. I was just gonna I was like, I'm gonna have to look it up. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about that that mine in South Dakota that all those people worked down in. It, it's a heavy like it i mean it's a heavy album like the like it it, mm-hmm. it in i mean it has some really like interesting like all like all manchester orchestra albums it has some really interesting like uplifting uh movements in some of the songs and like some you know but like like thematically it just it has this weight about it throughout the whole very, album yeah. <laughs> very depressing and like real and yeah uh, I, I also thought it was a concept out of sorts just from the way the songs flowed yeah i was i was kind of wondering that like you yeah know, and i know like concept albums can be kind of loose for some people like yeah some, you know like it can be like yeah i had this general idea and it flowed through most of the album <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like it was an organ they could be very specifically crafted 
you know yeah. songs so yeah, yeah but it seems like it kind of had like a at least like a, a general concept yeah to it. It, it's interesting like the, the the first song um is kind of like more of a flash forward i feel like mm. and because it's told it's told in like this pr- perspective of a a baby basically yeah. <laughs> you know looking down on the baby and everything yeah but yeah then it goes right into like the end of a tumultuous fucking relationship yeah dude and like how he the, the way I, I looked at it is this guy is has a bad relationship and and then he finds out the girl is pregnant and then he's kind of coming to grips with becoming a dad and stuff and then his dad dies and like that just adds to his depression yeah because there's like this line about you know mile outside of whatever for your old man's heart attack and then he he goes there with his brother to the his dad's house like cleans stuff out and you know takes pills from the medicine cabinet yeah dude. and then grabs a gun and goes to a fucking grocery store and shoots it up that's that was the most like what? Yeah, the, the, I, that's what I mean, dude. Like the, it's like I, I feel like the last time I really checked into Manchester Orchestra, it, they didn't have like they they weren't like this dark. <laughs> no, and that, and that was like that was what like really like kept me drawn back to this album. I was just like, whoa, dude, like this. Yeah, lyrically, like you get some like wild shit there, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, the more you listen to it, the more you kind of piece together the story or kind of yeah. what you think it is in your head yeah and well there's this whole like, like line that he sings where he's like you know it's like really like laid out where it's like you know i put the guns to my lips and then like i pull the trigger and it clicks and <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's just like holy fuck dude like <laughs> it's just like paints an image of he shoots at the store you know and I think in this process, I think they were trying to show that his pregnant ex-girlfriend was in the store as well, and he killed her without even knowing, and then he tries to kill himself. Oh, God, dude. And then I think the most fucking part is like, his life is so fucked up, he couldn't even get killing himself right, too. (laughs) I know. It is. It's like it's like on top of all the failings that you basically kind of like deal with in this in this album like that on top of everything it's just like and that just leads to like the i mean it just helps paint the picture of basically the character you're following at this point and yeah it i don't know man i was just blown away by it like yeah it really hit me hard up like the first few times i was like jesus christ and just you keep adding to it and yeah figuring more stuff out like when i think the song's called lead south dakota when he that's something when he finds out she's gonna have a baby he's talking about how you know every winter someone freaking loses it in that town the yeah. snow just keeps piling up and just depression just keeps building yeah man and i mean it's just interesting because it's just like that shit's like i mean it's rough that's real for people and and like yeah it, i mean that it makes you that's that's why i keep thinking about this album this this manchester orchestra album made me think more than any of their other albums (laughs) we were like (laughs) this shit's totally happened somewhere you know like you especially the guy 
I forgot what song it was, but he clearly had a really shitty upbringing. I think after he shoots up the grocery store, uh, it does kind of like a flashback to his upbringing, like his, you know, his alcoholic dad yeah. cutting his cutting his ears off. Yeah, oh, fuck. It, <laughs> That's what they called him, the alien growing up. Oh god, dude. But yeah, yeah, it has this one line throughout the album's kind of theme of it. You know, there's nothing that, yeah. What is it? There's nothing that when you die that you keep. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really powerful fucking statement. Just yeah, it's just like you can't take it with you, whatever it is. Yeah, which, which, I mean, I think like that sentiment pushes people in one you know pushes people in a couple directions you know it Mm -hmm. makes you strive for i don't know like like it's selfish purposes of like collecting and like wanting all you can or or it pushes you to be more outward i think but either and not care about materialism yeah you can go either way which is what's what yeah which i think is i don't know just it's a real weird mentality thing but yeah that that's that that's a really wild uh theme that popped out of there and i was really like kind of it was just like an interesting reminder of that of that Mm -hmm. that mentality overall like the idea overall so yeah it was i'm so i'm i'm glad he brought it up the other week because i was just like damn dude like I yeah. just need to check in on him. And then I, I saw that and it was just like, I'm just going to dive in. And <laughs> it, it's funny. A lot of you listening, like on my your Spotify, you have your daily playlist that change every day. Yeah. yeah. You go from one song right to the grocery. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Sometimes it jive. It doesn't jive. Right. Uh, it's weird, man. It's like, it's, I, I, I barely, I, I sometimes check in on those. Like I, I don't know. I don't like on. I don't often use the like the daily playlist. Like, yeah, they can get pretty messed up if you're just like you're hanging out with friends and you're like, well, listen to this shitty Creed song, and, and then <laughs> you have this playlist that has, has Creed and Limp Biscuit on it, and yeah. <laughs> all this shitty stuff that you're just kind of joking around listening to, and you're like, oh yeah. boy, yeah, dude. Uh, I was just like scrolling through today, and there's like a whole section that popped up that was like. 1997 tracks or whatever and i was like god dude what was i listening to the other day that made that pop up i was like like pavement or something yeah there's like there's like a marcy's playground album that popped oh, up. hell yeah i was like jeez like deep cuts deep cuts. yeah uh but yeah I, I don't know it's it's interesting i'm just becoming way more aware of like the the algorithm on on spotify now right now yeah more than anything because like Every morning I go to work, like I try to give myself time to like make myself espresso and just like have a, some sort of semblance of a routine. Yeah. And I get on there and, you know, it's just like, I feel like most often I just gravitate towards the recently played. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, I feel like I've just been trapped in my own cycle here the same 10 songs that you're yeah. digging right now they're all they're like the first one like you know some of the first things that you see when you like start like looking on there and you're just like okay yeah yeah dude like, why like not? yeah i'm feeling that vibe chuck mangione again <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, i don't know I, I gotta really start like paying a fuck like paying attention to that and like making sure i keep like branching out because that's always been like one of my biggest like heels is that i get locked into what i fucking like and then i'm just like all right that's 
that's what yeah. all I need, you know, I don't need, uh, you know, and at least personally, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I live off of recommendations from other people. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, like Jeremiah Steele, he always some great, <laughs> that guy, it, dude, I always, especially like last summer started lockdown, just hanging out and just sitting there just going through YouTube bullshitting and dude, he's just always- discovering stuff that. Yeah, he's just like, oh damn, this is good. I do not know about this. I don't know how he has the time to always be surfing around to finding all this new shit, but yeah. every time I hang out with him, one of the things that like, we have this like hyper intense like session of him just like showing me all this new shit for me yeah. to absorb. <laughs> You're like, damn, where has this been? And I'm always just like, wow, dude, I really don't use YouTube properly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, YouTube, I think I've started to somewhat figure it out. Spotify, I've definitely found some new stuff just for my daily mixes that it keeps showing me. And I'm like, oh, this band's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I most often check out those like, uh, I don't know if they're like more like weekly mixes or whatever. Yeah. But... I don't know. It, it, it is interesting. I do get turned on to some new stuff. What I the feature I like about Spotify the most is the radio feature. Like so, like I'll go, you know, like hit a a track like a like a Sufjan Stevens track, radio, yeah, you know, and I'll hit the radio and it, it pops up like a bunch of different shit that I like. I you know I jive with, but I'm just like you know i wouldn't have like spent the time typing in the information to search for <laughs> you're like oh, shit i haven't thought about this band in forever i definitely those have popped up here that, yeah uh you know dandy warhols that pop up oh like, yeah oh yeah. my god dude when's the last time i listened to dandy like, warhols track yeah 2007 for real <laughs> like, they had that one album that was pretty good so yeah man it's been, yeah, exactly it's, uh, i don't know it's just it's it's always worth like i guess just making sure you you know as best you can not just keep getting trapped in those holes those like cycles yeah. of just like repetitive shit because there's so much out there and it's just like you know you just got to type in a different set of letters man and you're, yeah and you know, it's a, i feel like with the pandemic there's been a lot of really good collaborations and stuff that's come out this year that's yeah. i've seen so many like collaborations with people they're like what they did a collaboration like what the hell <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I agree. I think it's people are like, especially like artists are starting to try and um, figure out creative ways of like, you know, bridging that gap between themselves so they can like reach bigger audiences with each other. And and it le- yeah. it's some really awesome, awesome pro- like material, you know, that comes out. So I, it's, I, it's, it's interesting, the effects of the law of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think the funniest thing is uh, going back to Manchester Orchestra. Mm. Uh, Andy Holder, the lead singer, was talking about collaborating with Paris Jackson. Oh. I was like, what? And wow. the song I heard was pretty decent. I was like, Paris Jackson of all people? Like, I guess she must be that cool, man. <laughs> I guess they're going to do that. But yeah, that that is a wildly, that's just like, a wild pairing, man. Like, yeah, I had no idea she was doing music. Well, I mean, guess you know, that's all she has at this point you know yeah. a little bit of legacy but <laughs> whatever that legacy is <laughs> whatever it is at this point yeah yeah, yeah man that's wild uh i don't know i just uh, it's in, it's interesting just i i just remember like it's like the opposite of what my problem was when i was like when i was a kid like when i was younger 
I could have, I had no access to anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't give my finger, I, I, it was like, I could maybe borrow this or that from somebody or like hear something on the radio randomly. But yeah. like, for the most part, like I didn't have a CD collection. I had, a, you know, uh, my parents are very limiting in a lot of ways, but like, it was just like, it was just, it's just wild having like an oversaturation of shit at your fingertips and still, you know, spoiled these days yeah yeah it's like sometimes i take it for granted i guess <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah um, for sure you know but goddamn i mean like when like younger me would would look at me and be like what the fuck are you doing like <laughs> get out there just like like endlessly listen to music you have so much you can listen to right now <laughs> yeah yeah i just i think a lot of my stuff i steal from scott's computer <laughs> Troy would illegally download it and steal it from his shit. Troy was the biggest source, man. <laughs> he had so much good music. And like, oh man, like yeah, he that I don't know. That dude that dude turned me on to so much music when I when we were kids, man. Yeah, between him, Scott and fucking David Fitz. Oh the Fitz. <laughs> Dude, the so. fits, man. The fits is something I've been like, I need to try and like reach out to you a little more and try and get him on a fucking podcast sometime. Oh yeah, for sure. He's doing really good now. So yeah, man. I'm so uh, proud of him, man. I, that dude, that dude, is constantly overcoming, and I'm so I'm, I'm glad he's on a, on a good on a good good wave right now. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. that'd be a fun one though. We should, dude. All three of us should get a, should do a podcast. Yeah. Whack Arnold's. Oh, uh, dude, the Whack Arnold's did the Whack Attack, man. People, people need to know. People <laughs> uh, get get Rex involved. Be like, all right, just jive back to these old shitty bands. Well, just uh, we should do a live performance. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Me and Rex been recording some random shit. So, oh hell yeah, man. I have access to all these random like tracks that Jeremiah has made over the years. And, <laughs> and so every now and then I just pick through some and like try to like piece together something. I, and I, th- I have like a random song that uh, I find <laughs> like I'm kind of like polishing up. Just sampled through everything. It's yeah, pretty yeah. cool though. I mean, it really is like the dude to fucking like in terms of like his, that dude's just a fucking genius. He's like an untapped <laughs> resource when it comes to make music making, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's cool, dude. I'm glad you and Rex are like collaborating on, on some shit. Like, yeah, we just kind of mess around with, you know, uh, for our friend Caleb Jeremiah's house. So nice, nice. So it's pretty fun. Reminisce on Jay Schmouter days. Oh, the Schmout, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. We we need to get a couple cats on, and we need to see that we need to talk about talk about how you know how Magic Rock was born. Yeah, no, I saw how. Jasper a couple months ago we all kind of jammed so oh my god you're doing pretty good too so I tell people over here all the time how like I know just like a plethora of just like amazing musicians it's just like yeah between the shit like Flannery's putting out now and well dude like you guys have always been like you guys have always been like I don't know. Always working on shit, like like you guys, you guys all like jam so well together, and it, you guys just can constantly seem to like push each other into like different directions and better directions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Like it's uh, moving over here. Nobody collaborates with each other. They all like work in their isolated pockets, and like God. it's like everybody's just trying to be like the next grunge star, and so nobody oh, does God. anything for fucking fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. I'm like. 
music i thought music was like making music was like a fun activity and like you gotta hang out and like yeah and you like just get you know, get weird you know, with your friends and like you know? yeah you, you know you're saying random shit you're saying you're just doing yeah. random you know jamming out feeling it through so yeah but like there's a you know once you like i think once you let like certain seriousness like dictate it all like it, it becomes a different beast <laughs> and yeah i don't know that's uh, it's weird it's a weird vibe but anyway i'm glad you guys are all always like in contact with each other it's just it's fucking good because you guys are just like all an untapped yeah. little pocket of like musical artistic awesomeness so no, I'm yeah, not trying sure. to. Fl- I'm not trying to fluff you, Dusty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, there. I was. I was always more jealous of Flannery's guitar playing. And well, shout out to Rex the and Jasper. Uh, uh, These guys no. are way more talented than me. So. Oh, but yeah. I mean, either way, you're. You know, I. I it's. But yeah, it's fun. Just once you just kind of not care what people think, your talents. You just kind of jam it out. Yeah, it's it's exactly. It's like it's you lose it. You lose the fucking ego, and you just have fun with like, like the activity and like enjoy the moment. And like, that's where you produce like good yeah. shit, you know. <laughs> For sure. Either way, on that note, yeah. before Zoom really fucks us over, yeah, I'm gonna cut this off. Uh, you know, because classic, classic me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it has been a wonderful conversation once again. With my sure. I'm like living in shadow over here. I'm just like <laughs> leaping out of here. <laughs> the uh, sun but, has gone down. <laughs> dude, it has. But yeah, thank you so much for uh, hopping on again and uh, just, you know, talking talking about some some random shit, having a good convo, man. I always appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. 